the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and greetings to you. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, very fall-like temperatures again here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's beautiful. Very nice. I woke up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. What? Cold. Do you did know? You yeah. Had to grab a blanket. I did. I had to go grab a blanket. I thought, what is happening? <laughs> but I liked it. Very nice. Don't think I didn't like it because mm-hmm. I did. We, we got plenty of time for that, Kath, because it's it's only August, right? Yeah, I know. If it's October, that's another story. I know. We've had a lot of hot nights, though. I guess. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those of us without AC, right. we've had some hot nights. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is well-earned. Very much so. Yeah. Oh yeah, how are you feeling today? Uh, the uh, Gilligan's Island uh, the, tour is about to uh, take off this evening. The Word FM cruise mm-hmm. uh, departs from uh, Station Square at six thirty. The three-hour cruise. You know, I never saw. I've never seen one episode of that show. What? I've You've never, never s- seen Gilligan's Island. I can't believe it. It's an American classic. I understand that, Christy. Really? You Gilligan's Have you watched fan? it? Um, I think I've seen parts. Okay. parts. I've never seen a whole episode. Hmm. Yeah. Gilligan, the skipper, the professor. There's two girls that, that most guys have to decide who's prettier. Right. Marianne and Ginger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marianne is sort of like the homespun girl. Okay. Ginger's the Hollywood. Um, a starlet type. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then who, the house. And who was your choice when you were growing? Uh, Marianne. Marianne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> See, everyone has the, everyone has that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, every man I've ever talked to is like, oh, well, he always liked Ginger. Much more relatable, Marianne. Oh, okay. Ginger's too intimidating. A little too much for my taste. <laughs> I mean, back off, Ginger. Marianne's kind of like a girl next door. Right. Very much so. Christy, the first guy on TV that you had a crush on when you were a little kid. Mm. Uh, this this is I've said this before on the air. It's Milo Ventimiglia who played Jess on Gilmore Girls. And oh. That's why Milo's named Oh, Milo. Of course right. that. I did right. know that. I did know that. Mm-hmm. And right. yourself? Uh, I believe it was Parker Stevenson. Oh. In The Hardy Boys. Oh, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Did he have a mullet? No, he didn't have a mullet. He had the 1970s feathered Buffon. look. Oh, the feather. Do you remember? Of course. I, I myself had the feathered Did look. Did you? Are you kidding me? Oh we got to see pictures oh of that. Oh, my gosh, but yeah. I pay money for that. Oh, yeah, I got the feather thing. Oh, going. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'd he kill did. for the feather did thing. He, huh? Right. He did have the He might, too. <laughs> Is he still around, I wonder? I have Parker no idea. Stevenson. He, he, yeah. sir, he was kind of a flash in the pan as far as a Hollywood career. Mm-hmm. It dissipated. <laughs> <laughs> But I did have a space right, on my wall. You may be doing radio somewhere in Encino. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it might happen. Exactly. Anyway, if you've got tickets to the Word FM cruise tonight, we are super excited mm-hmm. to meet you. John and I will be there, and we'll be saying hi as you walk on the boat. I mean, that's our plan at least, right? Sure. Yep. There's room for our mm-hmm. two of us there by the door. Yep. And then later on in this evening, handing out dogs and burgers, walking <laughs> right. around. No, we aren't doing that. But we are doing a special edition of This or That. Oh, yeah, sure. On the boat tonight. The seafaring edition Exactly. Of this or that. I need to make sure I print out my... Uh, 
You're this or that. My hard one list. Oh, I just write it by hand. Oh, you're no. in there typing it. Oh, yeah. I have okay, to do no, it that it's, way. It's very it's in a particular font. Christy, you know my font for this or that. Yes, a I font? do. You have Thank a font? You. Really? I have a particular font. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. Is that Comic Sans? No. no. You don't, nobody. Comic Sans is to be rejected. <laughs> Even for this or that? No, for all things. All right. Okay. What is your favorite uh, uh, my, font? Uh, thanks for asking, Baskerville. Baskerville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I always go for. Do you mm-hmm. have one? Nope, it's over there. <laughs> Christy, you have one? I do. It's called HK Nova. Oh, oh that's really? a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. HK Nova. It doesn't okay. matter to me. I'm as long as it's not as Comic Sans. I'm going to read from Baskerville right now. All right, very nice. <laughs> There's a segue coming up right now. Without further ado, please give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, August 16th, mm-hmm. it's the word of him, Cruise Night. Very nice. 2022. Skipper. Number one. More than 80 miners were rescued this month amid a two-week nationwide operation focused on locating victims of sex trafficking. The annual FBI-led Operation Cross Country is a nationwide campaign that seeks to identify and locate victims and was held during the first two weeks of this month, involved some 200 state, local, and federal partners, and rescued 84 miners who were either victims of child sex trafficking or sexual exploitation. And an additional 37 missing children were also found during the operation. The average age of the victims, John, 15 and a half years old. The youngest victim being 11. Why don't they do this always? It's a good question. FBI Director Christopher Wray said human trafficking is among the most heinous crimes the FBI encounters. Unfortunately, such crimes against both adults and children are far more common than most people realize. Number two. A naval engineer and his wife were to be sentenced today for trying to sell information about nuclear-powered submarines to a foreign government until... The judge rejected the plea deal, saying they were not harsh enough. Whoa. How about that? Whoa. Jonathan Tebby and his schoolteacher wife, Diana, were arrested in October and pled guilty in February to espionage charges. Mm. Now, we talked about this on the air. It's a really interesting story. Uh, In a series of dead drops in West Virginia, here in Pennsylvania, and in Virginia, Jonathan Tebby passed military secrets to someone he believed to be an agent of another country, but who was actually an undercover FBI agent. An FBI agent. Diana Tebby admitted that she was the lookout for her husband in these prearranged secret locations as he deposited the classified documents. The judge heard the whole thing, heard the sentencing recommendation, and said, Counsel, it is not in the best interest of this community or, in fact, this country to accept these agreements. Therefore, I, as the judge, am rejecting them. I do not find any justifiable reason for accepting either. No kidding. So what happens now? They go back and reconfigure. Yep, the case will go to trial early next year. Now, they lived in Pittsburgh for a while. They did. They did. That's from CBS News. Number three. American Airlines has agreed to buy up to 20 supersonic jets and put down a non-refundable deposit on the planes that are still on the drawing board. They're years away from flying or being ready in any way. Um, Neither American nor the manufacturer Boom Supersonic would provide financial details today, Um, but it has been nearly 20 years since Mm. the last supersonic passenger flight by Concorde. happened and it didn't catch on because it was way too expensive right right it was a beautiful plane sure was spectacular looking plane anyway um ceo blake shoal of boom says his company's plane will be different when it debuts in 2029 tickets will cost between four and five thousand dollars to fly from new york to london and it'll take about three and a half hours Mm. it's from abc news and you know, I've been off for a couple of days, but I'm happy to bring you a weird animal story upon oh, my good. return. They probably were stacking up. <laughs> Number four. 
Luke Rand, age 36, has been fishing since he was 16, and his father Mark had been fishing for more than 40 years, but they have never caught anything comparable to what they did last week off the coast of Maine. In Casco Bay, no, in Casco Bay, the pair caught a rare, bright blue lobster. Yes, and it appeared to be the legal size, and it was a healthy-looking male. And that is your top four at four. Have you seen it? No, no. Oh, that's gorgeous. No, they're not going to eat that, are they? They're not eating it. They, it. But I was a little disappointed to find out it's going to live in a tank, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's the best thing for it or the worst thing, but I know it doesn't give them a whole lot of space. It's not the first blue lobster that's ever been found or even the first blue lobster from that bay. But according to the New England Aquarium, John, wild blue lobsters are rare. It's a one in two million discovery. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of odd, you're wearing a blue dress with I red am. lobsters my, on it. I am. That's mm-hmm. It's my dress with marine life on it for tonight's Word FM Cruise. Very nice. Um, and this is a similar color. Most lobsters, if you've been to Maine, they're like a they're pretty ugly. They're like greenish brown color. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're nothing like this bright blue thing. But apparently they can be yellow, white, or even a mix of colors, including calico. Really? Mm-hmm. I like a lobster. But uh, they will all turn red when they're cooked. Mm. Who wouldn't turn red when you're Which cooked? Which is sad. So that's it for right. you. All right. Very nice. So I'll go to Pole Eyes. That's, oh, it's not there anymore. No, it's not. Coming okay. up next, our friend Rut Etheridge will be with us. What makes sense when nothing makes sense? Because a lot of things don't make sense. You got now. that right. Okay, that's uh, straight ahead. The Tuesday edition. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. 101.5 WORD. If you're a fan of courtroom dramas, then join us on Through the Bible this week for a real-life drama complete with judges, plaintiffs, plot twists, and characters with backstories that include murder and mayhem. We're in the book of Acts, where Paul's life is in the hands of the wicked governor Felix and his wife Drusilla. Don't miss this intriguing story. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products lock in your quote today schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windows pittsburgh.com you've tried the rest now try the best windows pittsburgh.com my pillows having their biggest sheet sale of the year Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. 
Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Our biblical beliefs about marriage, human sexuality, and gender are increasingly countercultural. In fact, our views are often considered offensive and infringing on personal freedom. Sometimes this makes Christians look like the bad guys. How should we respond? Request your copy of the book, Being the Bad Guys, Available today at truthforlife.org. Doesn't it feel as though we're living in bizarro world? The things that we took for granted as truth somehow now have been turned on their heads. That we're in some ways being re-educated. Does everybody think that in every generation? I think so. Do they? Yeah. I mean, what's happened here? I mean, here, what, what did your parents think when the Beatles came? Yeah, I'm sure. And Ron right, right. Sullivan. Yeah, did yeah. they think what has happened to, you know, where's Dean Martin? <laughs> well, I'm sure they thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But this, the, but the whole gender thing, like the yeah. sexuality yep. thing, the, uh, I mean, there's so many yeah, think, Things do seem like they've changed quickly. Quickly. Uh, it's, I mean, you have to be so cognizant and especially like if you've got you know teenagers or 20 something kids i'll say something and they look at me like out of the corner of my eye like i'm like some crazy person or something all of a sudden i feel like i'm archie bunker and i'm not Mm -hmm. i don't know things are upside down why does it make sense that nothing makes sense anymore maybe it's the way it's supposed to be from geneva college assistant professor of biblical studies rutledge etheridge is back with us rut is the author of god breathed Connecting through Scripture to God, others, the natural world, and yourself. Here to maybe give us some insight, hopefully, of why it makes sense and nothing makes sense anymore. Rut, please opine. Wow, that, that's an intimidating setup. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd like me to explain reality? And- <laughs> <laughs> I kind of would, Rut, because I don't get it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll give it a try. Um you know, it is interesting, and, and as, as Kathy just, you know, raised the question, is this the question that every generation asks? And, you know, we, we've all got a sense of, of normal that we learn to cultivate throughout our lives, and then we calibrate all of life by that, and whatever doesn't look normal to us, well, that's different. How could that be? And you hear it all the time, you know, um, and sadly, you, you hear it among believers, too, how can anyone with a brain think this way? How can anyone with common sense think this way? How can anyone, you know, using their, their God-given brain and, and insult after insult, but it raises the question of what do we consider as common sense? And when we think about our culture in relationship to other cultures or, or other views, that's a very live question. You know, how did we in our generations, how did we in our upbringing come to embrace something as common and normal and basic? And when we evaluate that in light of Scripture, is what we consider common, normal, and basic really what the Bible tells us to consider? Right. So that's maybe a place to start. So then, Rut, is common sense 
truth? Are they the same? Wow, here we go again. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Better you than me, yeah. my friend. <laughs> it's, um, again, I think we have to, to ground it in, or at least recognize what we're talking about. You know, just because something is commonly embraced by people doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, a lifelong diehard, uh, born and bred, so it's legitimate Boston Red Sox fan, I'm mm. sorry, although I do love the Pirates, but for me, it, it makes no sense that there's an accumulation of people in our populace that actually enjoys and supports the New York Yankees. Um, <laughs> I agree. You know, to, to speak to the local crowd, you know, there there are right. Browns fans, there are Patriots fans, you know, there are that it just makes no common sense to a Pittsburgh crowd that people could actually support other human beings doing that. Um, and so, again, and we, wearing that uniform, the they just can't. Exactly. It's evil upon evil, according to our perception. But but there again, we've got to ask the question, is our perception sufficiently informed by biblical principles? And even behind that, is our perception of the Bible sufficiently informed uh, by biblical principles? And I think one of the things that's come out very clearly um, and sadly has been forced out of us by, you know, literally pandemic pressures these last couple of years is that some of what we took for granted as believers um, and some of our approaches to Scripture and the Christian life have been revealed to be not common sense according to Scripture, but much more self-centered than Mm -hmm. we want to admit. Um, You know, one of the things that we we lament, and rightly so, in our day of, of chaos, it seems, is that you have such hard polarities, such polarizations that have emerged, especially in these last couple of years. Kathy, like you said, things are happening quickly. And one benefit, benefit's too strong a word, one thing that we can take away from all of this and, and put to positive use, you can think of it this way, polarity provides clarity. Um, you, you know, how many of us have faced situations, and these are hard, heartbreaking situations among family, friends, or maybe in our churches, where we look at ourselves three years ago and we look at ourselves now and we think, I never knew you could believe something like that, mm-hmm. or, or I never knew you would act in this way. Or as Jesus tells us, we look at ourselves first and we think, where did that come from? You know, why was my gut reaction to the pandemic this? Why did I blast off about that? And then that then invites us, and I think even compels us to take a deeper look at what was already going on in our hearts, because the pandemic didn't create any of these issues. It just forced them to the surface. And so we've got to keep digging deeper as to what was there all along when we thought life made sense, but in reality was just simmering to the point of of boiling in our day. That's good. Yeah. And and I would agree, Rob, that things were simmering a long time ago. So these questions or conversations we're having now, and I would say especially uh, about race and gender, uh, perhaps for a lot of people, long, long Overdue. overdue. And a necessary um, corrective, yes, to, to have mm. that conversation and to engage in that, right? I mean, uh, it's about time for a lot of these things to see see the light of day, whether we agree with all of them or not. Yeah, and, and I think that's a perfect example, and, and maybe the most raw nerved example in our day of of where these questions really come to to mean something personally to people, and and they serve as kind of a diagnostic by which a lot of us are looking at life and saying it doesn't make sense anymore. 
And on the one hand, you have clearly defined biblical categories. You know, we can think of male and and we can think of female all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to creation. And so on the one hand, we want to say, well, why do people even question that anymore? But at least part of why they're questioning it, and there's a lot to this, obviously, historically, but I think part of why they're questioning it is because of the way that we as believers sometimes have introduced the arbitrary into the absolute. And so, for example, if you take malehood and this kind of stereotypical, you know, man's man does this, man's man would never do that. Mm. Um, You know, I remember hearing a sermon growing up from a a wonderful preacher, wonderful man, and yet was going off on a a particular, you know, the classic painting of Jesus at at the Last Supper. And what really offended him about it is that John was reclining on Jesus's chest. And he said Jesus was a man's man. He would never allow such a thing. The problem is Scripture says that's exactly what he was doing. Um, And so it it raises the question of, okay, fine, masculine, you know, male, that's clearly a biblical category. But are we processing it culturally in a biblical way? Mm -hmm. Or have we introduced the arbitrary into the absolute? And then along come really good, genuine questions about what it means to be male, what it means to be female. Actually, pretty deep philosophical questions involving biology and every other ology you can think of. Um, and, and it makes sense for some people to say, for instance, with that pastor, well, if that's what you're preaching and if that's what the Bible actually says and that's what Christians believe is, you know, one-to-one correspondence with manhood – maybe I'm not manly, you know, if, and right. so again, that's maybe an oversimplification, but that's at least one angle into the chaos, you know, where yeah. are our, our arbitraries and where we conclude, confuse them with absolutes. And Rut, that, that masculine example you just gave us, I think that's just, a, that's our culture helping. Our culture is, uh, deciphering the Bible for us or interpreting Mm. the Bible for us instead of letting the Bible interpret our culture. And I'm not Mm. saying that's an easy thing for us to recognize that we're doing, but I think it's important to say that we are, we are capable of doing that. And so we need to be on alert for that so that we recognize that our culture is not the guiding line. The scripture is the guiding line and our culture can be good or bad, can follow along with it or oftentimes doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the ways that we can, you know, what you need to do, I think what we all need to do is to to have a good look in, in kind of a philosophical mirror, you know, to see what we've been assuming all along that may not, in fact, be be biblical. Um, you know, one of the ways that that really came home to me is I was reading James 5, and uh, James 5 begins with this thunderous invective against the wealthy um, because they were holding back the, the wages of the workers um, that they owed. Um, those wages. And I immediately think, yeah, those selfish millionaires and billionaires, those Silicon Valley elite, you know, the elites in our culture, they're so selfish. If they would just give their money or if they would stop taking our money because they have enough, you know, on and on and on and on. And I immediately think this passage is about them. But then when I take a look at myself and what I've taken for granted, at least in my life personally, I'm not presuming anything about anyone listening you know, I, I've had a materially very comfortable life. I'm identified as middle class, but even that term assumes a lot. It's taught me to think of myself as just middle of the road economically. 
But if I look at the history of the world and the majority of people alive right now, I mean, I have access to wealth that some people can't imagine having in a lifetime, let alone as a, a daily factor of, of life. So, so there's where maybe my cultural situation has interpreted James 5 for me, and as a result, I missed something that's right there that the Holy Spirit put to convict me in the way that I use my wealth. Right. Um, and, 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 and I appreciate that because you hear this and, and, you know, you, like I think a lot of people, Rut, have, you know, taken this to heart and looked at yourself or tried to look at yourself from a different perspective. I think, you know, when people, though, they hear the word privilege all of a sudden, you know, um, whether it's true or not, that ruffles feathers. People go, wait, I'm not privileged. Or, you know, yeah, I have. I've showed up every Mm -hmm. day and I've done my thing. And, you know, I am. I'm going to work here. So, you know, it's one of those words, whether it's, you know, and you hear, you know, the woke, you know, everyone's woke world woke all of a sudden, or it's privileged, Mm -hmm. or there's cancel culture. There's all these different machinations that, especially people, you know, 40 or 50 and over thinking, wait a second, I thought it was this one way and now I'm navigating through a whole new set of feelings and thoughts and emotions that are peculiar to me and it doesn't seem as though I can make sense of a lot of things. Yeah, and and I think so much of it is is the rhetoric, you know, that that just mm-hmm. flares tempers that were already ready, ready to be ignited. Um, and immediately puts people into different camps that we will no longer listen to because they've been labeled as woke or, you know, they've been labeled as conservative or whatever it may be. Um, and so I think so much of it is being willing to look past the rhetoric and to talk to the actual people hmm. who are, are, are out there wanting to be heard. Um, and I think we have to also, you know, especially I'm, I'm thinking of myself, I'm 40 something and, and it's easy for me and, and others um, of my ilk, you know, to, to look back on our particular childhood circumstances and say, you know what, I, I, I had minority friends and, and we never thought about racism and everything was fine. And yet now everything's about race, everything's about color, everything's about this. Why can't we just go back to the way that it used to be? Um, it reminds me of a scene in a, a TV program I saw years ago that I thought spoke to this beautifully. You have a couple of cops, and one's um, a certain generation, and one's older. And um, the older one is, is saying, you know, in my day, we didn't have these problems. We didn't have to talk about everything. And the younger one says, yeah, Dad, in your day, people suppressed those problems, and they stroked out, and they died when they were 50. <laughs> you know? So as I look back in my childhood, it's, it's not that those issues weren't there. Sure. It's, you know, John, as you're saying, it's, we weren't talking about them. Um, and there were people hurting, yes. you know, that, that haven't had a voice until now. And so I think it's, it's a, it's a commandment from our Lord, you know, that we would open our hearts and, and take a look at our past and realize, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not as golden as it seems. No, no. Um, there really was no Mayberry. No, <laughs> no there, there never really was. No, and it's good, you know, that we people should have a seat at the table. People yes. should have their voices heard, right? I mean, that's important, especially if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wonder about this, Rut. You know, I mean, you know, we've talked about this, Kath and I, uh, on the air. You know, that you yourself at a college 
and specifically at a Christian college at Geneva College. Uh, you know, the colleges used to be um, a hotbed of discussion, ideas, mm-hmm. exchanges. And now it feels as though, you know, with cancel culture, people are not invited on college campuses for whatever ideological or social reasons. And so and colleges. If they are, and they say something that the student body doesn't like or the faculty doesn't like, yeah. then it becomes a gigantic yeah. issue. Right. So, yeah. you know, the walls have gone up in places where there you did There's, not used to right. be walls. Yeah, they, they really have. And and it's not just one side, you know, politically. No. Um, as politics mixed with, with, with theology, that's that's doing this. Um, sometimes those who complain about cancel culture the loudest are also the ones who are doing it, yes. you know, just not by that label. And so they don't catch themselves um, in the act. Um, but you're right, you know, university, I mean, the, the name itself, there's a unity there, but it it's, it's comprised of a diversity. And certainly every institution needs to have its principles and has the prerogative to operate within those principles. Um, and yet, are we so rigid? Are we so um, defensive as a fundamental posture that we can't invite into the public arena or on campus the very ideas that can sharpen us by way of contrast? And, and that can force us to some intellectual humility and honesty where perhaps our critics are pointing out things about us that we really need to hear. And ideally, you know, if we're representing the, what we know from the Lord as, as truth and, and doing it in the way that he would have us, it's going to be a refreshing but challenging engagement. You know, if our ultimate goal, particularly as Christian institutions, is conformity to Christ and not being beholden to particular donors or, or political allies, then we're going to want to engage those issues for the sake of our institutional sanctification. Um, and, and that's going to be hard. And I'm not pretending that's easy. No. You know, there, there are, are loyalties at stake. And, um, and yet, what is our fundamental loyalty? And if it's to Christ, then I think we need to pursue that which, which encourages uh, a genuine, honest Christ-likeness that's growing and developing. Check out God Breathed, Connecting Through Scripture to God, Others, the Natural World, and Yourself. We have been talking to author Rutledge Etheridge. Rut, thanks for joining us again. Thank you both so much. Yep. Thank you, Good Rut. Good to talk to you. Very difficult Thank conversation. Uh, obviously, we're just scratching the surface, but we appreciate Rut bringing this to the forefront and uh, opening up the inquiry into where we are socially, politically, religiously. My name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And we're the owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accounts and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-3156 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8:36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is 
by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-3156 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-3156. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Is your marriage getting the time it deserves? Life gets in the way too much. We need to make this a priority. To remember why God made this design. Join us in Pittsburgh, September 23rd through the 25th, or in Akron, October 14th through the 16th. To have this time so that we can work on our marriage, so it's such a blessing. Register today and save 50% through September 19th at weekendtoremember.com. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. When your ride fires on all cylinders, so do you. That's why Napa is on a mission to keep you in motion. With nearly 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores and over 17,000 Napa Auto Care centers, the Napa Network has everything you need to get up and go. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a brief shower. We'll see a nighttime low of 61. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a brief shower or two. Tomorrow's high, 76. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night. A shower in spots early in the evening. Then patchy fog late with a low of 58. Delightful Thursday with some sunshine. We'll reach a high Thursday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Can you balance on one leg for 10 seconds? Balance training is an important but often neglected skill, one that impacts both our longevity and our quality of life. A study in June by a Brazilian team found that 20% of 1,700 older adults tested could not balance on that one leg for 10 seconds. That inability to balance was associated with a twofold risk of death from any cause within 10 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize balance was quite that important. Um, it's goes back to strength, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were hiking in the mountains over the weekend and uh, was very careful. I'm cognizant about this balance thing. I tried the 10-second thing. Yeah, I didn't do, do so great. Not you so didn't. great. No. Yeah. Yeah, um, I maybe it was last summer. I must have read an article about balance, and I have chronic vertigo, so it's already something that's a concern sure. to me. And so I try to do balance work every day because I'm just very bad at it. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is you know exactly. be in your elderly years. Well, and... Right. I don't want to be in my non-elderly yeah, years. Yeah, right, right. I mean, if you have vertigo, you already have something wrong with the balance center. You know what I mean? So at least if you can keep your musculature, you know, if you can challenge it as much as possible so that it knows how to react. Right. So that, it, you know, if you've, you know, go to fall, you can, you it's not a legs, shock. Keep right. going, right. right. Anyway, just think about that, right? Yeah. 
I've been using a walking stick, you know, in the mountains. Thinking, <laughs> I don't want to use a cane walking around the house. Right. right. Christy, are you using a cane walking around the house? I'm Good. not. Good. Okay. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, waste Hopefully not anytime soon. We'll ask you about your 10-second test later. All right. Okay, coming up next, Doug Birch will be with us. How do we have shared experiences in a digital age? We used to have the daily paper, three networks. Uh, what know. about everybody watched Happy Days at 8 o'clock? Yeah. Uh, those oh. are the days are gone. 101.5 WORD. We're featuring more listener favorites this week on Truth For Life. We'll be reminded why God can be trusted even when circumstances suggest otherwise or when we're tempted to rely on our own efforts. We'll also revisit the importance of parental authority and biblical discipline. Join us on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. My Pillow's having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build My Pillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Glendale, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. International travel is open again. So now is the perfect time for that trip to Israel, the trip of a lifetime. A trip to the Holy Land will bring you face-to-face with one of the most fascinating countries on earth. More than just a vacation, this meaningful trip is your opportunity to enjoy the freedom to travel again. Walking the ancient streets of Jerusalem where Jesus walked, sailing the Sea of Galilee, and floating in the mineral-rich Dead Sea with its healing and rejuvenating power. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, along with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, personally invite you to experience Israel with them this November. To book your trip to Israel, log on to StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to secure your spot. Call today, 855-565-5519. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. So how do we connect with each other? When we are all so disparate, all connecting with thousands of different things. No more happy days. And it was Tuesday night at 8 o'clock that it was on, I believe, because 8 is enough was on Wednesday night at 8. No more newspapers, right? Right. We're Mm -hmm. all doing this all spread out. Pastor Doug Bursch is back with us. Doug is the the host and producer of the Fairly Spiritual Show radio program and podcast, author of a favorite book, Posting Peace, 
why social media divides us and what we can do about it. Doug, please unite us. Hey, it's so good to be on the Kathy and Gilligan show. It's so good to... Is it weird that I've never seen that? Never seen the Kathy and Gilligan show? No, I've well, never seen the weird. Gilligan's Island. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. We'll have an intervention sometime. Okay, and thank all you so culture much. Terrific. Goes to that. All okay, right. so I I brought up uh, Happy Days, and of course I should have brought up Laverne and Shirley and Three's Company, and you know that being the uh, most wonderful triumvirate of my elementary school years. But when we had limited options, that's what people talked about the next day, right? I mean, well, it, TV isn't the most uniting thing, but it was a uniting factor. Well, it's an interesting concept. Uh, in our social media age, streaming age, we have more content than ever, and that's a good thing. You know, we have all kinds of things we can interact with. Sure. The problem is, even in our own homes, we're all looking at different stuff. I bet you a lot of your listeners can identify with this. Uh, the older ones are probably watching TV. Uh, I know in my family, my son is uh, YouTube and his Switch, and then my wife is on Instagram and. And so we're all looking at content that might be of value, but we're not necessarily doing it together. And why is shared content important? It's not really the content itself. It's the discussions and interactions that happen while we go through a shared experience. For instance, think back uh, with your relationship with your parents, if you had any kind of positive relationship, or frankly, even if you had a negative one, what are some of the positive things? They're often a shared thing, right? I, sure. I went hunting with my dad. I played catch. Uh, cooking with uh, a parent or baking. Why are those activities so important? It's not just the activity. It's also you were together doing a shared experience and then it brought up other conversations that allowed you to agree upon things, allowed you to teach things, you know, the elder to teach something to the younger, allowed the younger person to ask questions. When we're all doing our own stuff, we're not interacting. And I think that's a big problem in our culture in the home. Uh, in the workforce, in culture at large, we're so segmented into our own little things that we don't know how to have these shared experiences and these shared conversations. Right. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, right, Doug, I mean, people probably don't have dinner like they used to together. Where You know, people have dinner, they sit in front of their TV set or on their phones. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people say you need to have a family dinner. And what's behind that idea? It is the idea of we're together. I realized for my family, when we would go on vacation, it wasn't about the vacation as much as when you go on vacation, you tend to eat together. Yeah. And we had fun just hanging out together at a table, joking about some terrible food experience we had or something. And, and how if we don't facilitate those times together... Uh, we have a problem. And that's one of the things I, I don't want this to be, well, you know, old days, it was one way. Nowadays, it's another, you know, what right, are some right. solutions to this? Uh, one of the things is we need to find shared experiences that we can do together. I know for my family, we love going on hikes. So we all go on a hike together. Uh, if you force people, well, we must do the family table because someone told me to do that. If you don't like eating together and hanging out together that way, don't do it. But if there's some way where together you enjoy doing it together, you have to facilitate that. And I would even encourage you to talk with your kids or your grandkids about this, to say, I have no problem with the stuff you're looking at. Uh, but the problem is we're not connecting anymore. And over the long haul, I'm not going to know about your life. You're not going to know about mine. So uh, we need to find a shared way to do something together. So that's what I'll say with the, the kids. Like, And so we pick things that we want to do. I would add something to this. Don't be the one who picks it yourself. This needs to be a shared thing. A lot of you went on family vacations that were terrible, right? Mm -hmm. And you wanted to come together as a family. But if everyone doesn't have buy-in to that experience, 
then it's just, you know, forced intimacy and no one likes forced community or forced relationships. But if you all agree, the reason we're doing this is we're going to do something together so that we can connect to each other as a family and you get buy-in where everyone has agreed upon that before you leave, you have a better chance of having some really positive cohesion and community within your family. Right. Okay. So then you're talking about, you know, our immediate families, Doug, but then what about, you know, the, the broader community, whether it's the people that you worship with on a Sunday, people that you, you know, are at the office with, or, you know, just general society, you know, as the, the whole body of who we are in this country, we are mm-hmm. all so disparate. There are very few things that unite us anymore. Well, this is, will be the trend of the rest of existence until Christ returns. Uh, I talk a lot about this in my book, Posting Peace, because one of the things social media does is it segments us into these communities of like interest and like-mindedness. And so we unite with people on one interest, but we don't know how to have healthy communal interest. In fact, we're so segmented, we even use different currency. Uh, some people just use cryptocurrency. Other people have no idea even what that is or non you know, NFTs and all these terms that unless you're in that area, you can't even exist with that person. We're on different streaming services, different uh, social media sites, uh, uh, you know, hiving ourselves off into conservative platforms and progressive platforms. As a Christian, uh, I think my job is to try to find ways not to be hived off, to be in a more holistic a community to not just place myself in my gated community with my Christian friends and my Christian music and my Christian church and wait for Christ to return. I think that's a wasted life. So I have to be intentional in order to try to connect with people who are living in different spheres than I'm living. That means to hang out in places I might not normally hang out, to listen, to understand, and to identify. Because this is the problem. In fact, the church is one of the last places where Mm -hmm. people are going to have to learn to live in diverse community. Sadly, churches often aren't diverse, but it should be a place, rich, poor, young, old, male, female, black, white. When you live within those kinds, our ethnic uh, diversity, You have to learn what is essential and what is secondary. And we're actually not learning that. We're just hiving ourselves off into, you know, shared interest and shared understanding. Check out Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. That's the book that Doug Bursch wrote, and he's our guest right now. We're talking about how to cultivate shared experiences. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, went on vacation with extended family um, over the last couple weeks. And um, she said that, you know, these are people who she said we're just not together very often, but we all love each other. They have a good, solid family. She said, but she realized on day three that they were really enjoying being together, except most of the time they were all sitting in the same room looking at their phones. <laughs> right. So they were happy to be there. They certainly weren't saying I want to go home early, but they also were not interacting they so they so they were having a kind of shared experience but while they each had their own individual experiences it's very weird that we can do that now yeah and i think we have to acknowledge that i've often with my kids we we were raised in an environment where if they're on their phone i would say who are you talking with and i'd Mm -hmm. use those terms to let them know that they're having a conversation with someone not to judge it or say they're doing it wrong but they're making a choice to speak with someone else than they are with the people within the car yeah and so with adults, it's a little bit more tricky. You know, the legalism of you all need to put your phones down and talk to me. But we have learned 
to do, this is basically what we've learned to do. It's called networked individualism, where we seek out information that meets our needs. And that's the strength of the phone, right? I, I, I want a need met. I, whatever that craving is, a social media need met, a, a gaming need met, it's just my needs and what I want, I can get them met. When you're in a group setting, your needs aren't always being met. In fact, sometimes you feel awkward and you don't know what to do and you're bored. Well, we can either make a choice to learn how to value what's in the room, or we have the option just to go to our personal needs. And this is going to be the conflict of existence right now because we can always find something immediately that will meet our immediate needs, but then we don't learn how to abide with people, how to deal with a boring conversation, yeah. how to connect with something. And that's an otherness. That means I have to be in relationship. I'm going on vacation, not just for me. I'm going because there's a community here and their needs have as much importance as my needs. Yes. Okay. So that's a really interesting point, Doug, because, you know, the uh, the, the blanket, Linus's uh, blanket of, of cover, it takes us away from boredom. It takes us away from awkwardness because if I'm feeling weird, well, I pick up my phone and I'm just, you know, finding myself in my hole. So I never learn how to navigate through the weirdness of life. Yeah. And, you know, I would think first this would start with your closest relationships. Uh, you know, sometimes we think of the more a distant relationship and then we're frustrated it's more distant with uh, they're on their phone or something. But I, I'm thinking of the old man. I bet you have a few old men listening. We they listen to radio. I'm somewhat old. I listen to radio. It's a reality. Yeah. John's raising your hand. <laughs> yes. The reality is, have you ever gone shopping and you see the old man sitting on the bench with his arms folded and clearly he's decided not to shop with his wife. He drives to the mall or wherever. He sure. sits there with his arms folded and waits <laughs> with an unhappy face until uh, she's done. The problem with that idea is if you're hanging out with your wife, you can have other conversations. So you don't have to like shopping, but you can love your wife. And if you love your wife, you're going to find a way to be interested in the things she's interested in. Maybe not to the extent, but some way so you can be with her. And that's what I would ask every person. Are you looking for opportunities to be with the people entrusted to your care? And that requires taking an interest in the things that interest them. So it is, explain to me the TikTok. I don't understand it, but I want to know. I want to be able to connect with your life. You don't have to explain everything to me, but I want to understand your life. I think we need to facilitate those kinds of discussions where help me understand why Instagram is so important and not to belittle it but so that we can spend time with someone in the things they love. That means we go their direction more than demanding that they come our direction. Doug, we look forward to every conversation we have with you, and I mean that. Mm -hmm. um, did you like uh, Happy Days or Laverne and Shirley better? Oh, that those are too old for me. I'm a younger guy. No, I. Uh, it was it was Happy Days. <laughs> it's probably true. It was Happy Days. Uh, happy was Days, it? and then Laverne and Shirley, and uh, yeah. I was into all of it, but we only had three shows we could watch, so you had to right. pick one. So. Did you watch Eight pick. Is Enough with Dick Van Patten? No. Uh, I did, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. I watched way too much TV, yeah. and I turned out just fine. Yeah. So. You did turn out <laughs> fine. <laughs> Check out Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us, and What We Can Do About It, available at wherever you buy your books. Good to see you, friend. Good to see you, Doug. Good to see you. Love Very you. Nice. Love you. Take a quick break. Come back. Celebrity birthdays. What the we heck got is... three coming up oh, today, people. A full roster of celebrities ahead here on the Rhino. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know. 
including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-491-6161. That's 800-491-6161. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Spring House in 84. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions and stop the irs from targeting you but don't delay it's important to act now while you still have options optima is a plus rated with the better business bureau optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients get your life back for tax help you need for tax help you can trust call optima now for your free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 optima tax relief some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Celebrity birthdays today. Hmm. We bring these up just because it's a matter of cultural interest. Is and it? John has a, I think it is. And John has a weird ability to remember or figure out how old people are. Of a certain age. Uh, uh-huh. So I've got three for you today, John. Right. Um, so let's begin with Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Uh, Yale graduate. Wakanda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, waiting to Exhale. Um, she did Tina Turner. What's Love yeah, Got to yeah. Do With It? She was great in that. Um, she? I yes. think she was nominated for Academy I Award. I think she was, too. Uh, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Coretta Scott King in something. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Angela Bassett's one of those people who could be, you know, 30 or 70. Exactly. Right? That is that is exactly true. Uh, Angela Bassett is uh, 58 years old. She's 64. Whoa! She is 60. I was very surprised really? by that also. Very surprised by that. Um, also, with the uh, same birthday, Madonna. Madonna. Mm-hmm. Okay, Madonna could be either 62 or mm-hmm. 64. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> right. 
That's my guess. Yeah. She's Were you 64. ever a fan? Yes, yeah, she's a 64. Yeah, yeah, very good. Wow, that's very good. Were you ever a fan? No. Nope, me not, neither. Uh, no. Not I'm, even uh, a little bit. My wife would have Madonna sightings. Uh, she would uh, visit oh, a friend see her of hers. In New York? Yeah, a friend of hers lived in the same building as Madonna. Mm. And one time my wife got on the elevator with Madonna, and Madonna, uh, you know, was infamously not, not friendly. Mm hmm. This is not a surprise to no, any of us, I'm is sure it? Not at all. Right. Uh, last but not least, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Oh, man, don't you love Steve Carell? Yes. Uh, yes. We recently just, I, I couldn't get enough of what he did in the morning show. I just thought he was so outstanding and a t- absolutely yeah. horror, playing a horrible character. Yeah. But he did it so well. Did you ever see Steve Carell in that movie? Um, I think it's called Fox Catcher or Fox Chaser. It's a no. true, it's a, you know, it's a, it's based on a true story of the DuPont family, the, the, the wrestlers. Really? Yeah. No, I don't know. Oh, it's fabulous. I've never even heard of it. Steve Carell, uh, Steve Carell, you know, always young looking ish. Yes. Yeah. But he's no longer and the, always the interesting. Chicken. Very. Always interesting. Steve Carell is uh, 59. 60. Oh, hey, not bad. 60. Very good job, John. Very good. Very Other good. than Angela Bassett, yeah. you were like very close. All right. Well, if you had birthday. to pick which one you like best, would you pick Steve Angela? Carell. Okay, of course. Hundred percent. I love Steve Carell. I know. I do too. Comedy, drama. He's got it all. You should watch the second season of. Yeah, the I show. guess I have to at some point. Maybe whenever it's snowing, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe when it's snowing. Yeah. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Our little brother says the word dodo word 40 times a day. Should we be saying that word on Word FM? <laughs> you started it. Okay. So, here we are with Uncle Ryan with three reasons why you'd be a tweet tweet if you bought a home this year and didn't use us at United Faith Mortgage. The biggest reason is our direct lender advantage. We use our own money. And there's no middleman. Which means... We can often get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We also pay $1,000 of your closing costs on all new home purchases. And just as important to me as saving listeners money is the super service part. Our small team is specifically committed to Word FM. You will not get to a closing and find anything hidden. It's a partnership all the way around. So don't be a, and we're done. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. And a lesson for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Are big drops on Wall Street making you nervous? Make no mistake, this downturn could have a serious effect on your finances. Hey, this is Ethan Lane. That's why my team and I at Accurate Solutions Group are offering you a free guide to help you take a proactive approach to the ongoing economic uncertainty. Text the word RETIRE to 412-515-3555 to receive your copy of Retiring in Uncertain Times. If you're worried about where the economy is headed, 
Take charge of your retirement and get your copy today. Market downturns and economic slowdowns are inevitable, but you've worked too hard to leave your life savings to chance. Discover what you can do during this down market with help from this free guide from Accurate Solutions Group. Get your copy now by texting RETIRE to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a brief shower. We'll see a nighttime low of 61. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a brief shower or two. Tomorrow's high, 76. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night. A shower in spots early in the evening. Then patchy fog late with a low of 58. Delightful Thursday with some sunshine. We'll reach a high Thursday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for coming along today, the 5 o'clock hour of our show. Uh, we are uh, about to board the uh, Gateway Clipper for the cruise tonight, Kathy. We're not about to board. I mean, it's not like we're broadcasting from the gangplank. <laughs> I mean, I would say we're 58 minutes away. Is there a gangplank? I don't know. And if, if, if like, if we get in an argument during the thing, will you make me walk it or it's something? kind of funny. I've already thought of this in my head. You know, like you sort of like thinking of crazy. Yeah. I did think of myself falling overboard. Did you? Right. Th- I, have you ever thought of that? Of yourself falling overboard? I haven't. What? Have you ever, have you ever been swimming in any of the three rivers? Oh, yeah, sure. Have you? Mm-hmm. Which when one? We were kids, you know, in Swissvale. Yeah. We used to swim in the river all the time. Did yeah. what you swam in the Mon? Yep. Really? Where? Yeah. From where? Uh, you know, there's a like a pier or a, not a pier. A, a pier. A, that's, that's probably a like yeah. a, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of an effete term for we what were, we're talking. We were not at the yacht club. <laughs> we were not. It was yeah. Swissvale, and you went down you know, uh, Memorial Park, which is now Les Getz Park. Okay. And then you go from Les Getz Park down to the dump, and then from <laughs> and then wait. <laughs> I'm look. You ask, and then from the dump, you cross the railroad tracks, and then from the railroad tracks, you found yourself down to the river's edge. Wow! I I believe now. I'm sorry I asked. Well, that's childhood growing up in the '60s. Yeah. Okay. Just what it was. All right. Could you imagine letting your kids go swim in the river? And even in the '60s, right? I I mean, right. I don't believe I've ever been swimming in the rivers. We used to go. I used to uh, go with my brother when we were a little bit older. Whenever he had a car, we'd go to McKee's Rocks, and uh, you know. Jump in the river from there as well. From where? What, like from the bridge? Like where are you jumping from? Yeah, the there's all sorts of places you can go in the river. See, you're out there in the North Hills. You don't know. Right, we don't. Yeah, of course. of course. No, you know, I was in that Bruce Willis movie. Oh, right. What is that? Striking Distance. Striking Distance. And when you go out of the city, literally 10 miles out of the city, the river's fabulous. Yeah, The right. scenery's incredible. Sure. 
But that won't be this evening. No. I mean, okay, we'll, we'll see the see, city. The scenery is be... beautiful oh, here. It it's just yeah. I don't want to go swimming in the river. All right. All right. Wow. All right. You ask, I told. That's right. Okay. Swimming in the river. Boarding is uh, tonight at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Station Square. Right. And we'll be we'll be uh, taking off at uh, 6.30. Mm-hmm. On the gangplank. <laughs> don't fall in the river. Just my thought is a precaution. We're going to have a, a great dinner cruise tonight. So mm-hmm. we're very excited. If you are one of the... Uh, Lucky, I don't know how many hundreds are going to be there, but uh, a lot. Fortunate. That's right. No lucky. No luck at all. Uh, We really look forward to meeting you tonight. One hundred one point five WORD. It is now becoming high noon, and there are only two forces that are left in the streets. They are the faithful remnant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and there are the forces of evil. It is time for us to humble ourselves before God in prayer. It is time for us to stop having one foot in the world and one foot with God. Join Dr. Michael Youssef this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. My pillows having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. In marriage, life has a way of pulling you apart. But Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway helps you come back together. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Join us in Pittsburgh, September 23rd through the 25th, or in Akron, October 14th through the 16th. Brought us a lot closer together. Register today and save 50% through September 19th at weekendtoremember.com. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. New Saturday of the mass murder in Buffalo, New York, as shocking as it was, is, it's not really a surprise. 
I think this is true. I think if you're, you're honest about your feelings and the sweep of history in this country, you see that and you nod your head and go, yeah, here it is again. There was a time, and I think probably, I don't know, maybe this is just, there was a time in, in my life where I was hopeful that um, America would rise, that there was this feeling of we can be united as a people. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a boomer, and, you know, my parents, my dad was a World War II vet, and, you know, he grew up in the in the the gauze, the the hopeful haze of the 1950s and, you know, seeing, you know, the possibility, at least, for, you know, for me as a suburban white kid, you know, looking at the 60s and going, yeah, of course, 1968 and, uh, you know, so many different markers here and the, the murder of, of JFK and Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy and, you know, Newark, New Jersey and lunch counter demonstrations and riots in the street. I mean, it, it, you saw the world change, and there was, there was hope for that in some way, despite all the, the horror. But over the weekend, I, I kind of thought, I think I, you lose hope. Mm-hmm. You just lose hope for who we are as a people. And it's, if I wasn't a believer in Jesus, I, I just think the despair would be overwhelming just to see where we are. Luke Bobo is with us. Luke is Director of Resource and Curriculum Development for Made to Flourish. Luke also works as an adjunct professor of contemporary culture and apologetics at Covenant Seminary. Previously, uh, Luke worked as an electrical engineer. He's the author of Living Salty and Light-Filled Lives in the Workplace. Luke's a, a minister of Christian education at Friendship Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. Luke, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. Uh, it's good to be back. And I should um, make a, a few edits. I'm no longer with uh, Made to Flourish. I'm with an organization called Airbomb, and I can say more about that later. Thank you. And it, it relates well to this topic today. Thanks, Luke. Obviously, we're working off an, a, a, an old bio, and I apologize for that. So we look forward to the update here as the conversation goes on. So, Luke, uh, I mean, you hear my introduction, you know, and here I am uh, – a white guy in my in my 60s and um you know i follow along with the flow of the country and at one point i was hopeful and, and now i'm not and i'm sure you as an african-american male uh your take on where we are in this country is different than mine yeah it's you know it's i think your listeners need to understand that for african-americans many of us we don't see one event in isolation from our 400-year history. It's, in many ways, it's like a story that never ends. Since being brought here on um, ships and packaged like sardines, uh, as it were, uh, the traveling conditions were not were not optimal, let's put it that way, yeah. for uh, people of African descent. And then Jim Crow and then Reconstruction and then Civil Rights, uh, George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, um, Philando Castile in Minneapolis. It, it's, um, it's a story that seems to not have an ending. And Dr. King 
said it years ago, it's though we live in two Americas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you talk about despair. Uh, I, I fluctuate often between hopefulness, being cynical, and despair. And so <laughs> I, I'm not sure what else to say. Look, what's amazing to me about this latest murder, mass murder, is there's an 18-year-old boy who is armed to the teeth with, I mean, he, I mean the security guard is trying to shoot back and the, and the kid's, you know, covered from head to toe with protective armor gear. I mean, this this guy, how can you be 18 and be filled with such hate and meticulous planning where you go and you scout people out hundreds of miles from your home in a community that you want to target what what kind of a person grows up? And, you know, I, I, I don't know what this guy's upbringing was, but his parents were professionals. They work for the state of New York. Uh, they're engineers. What goes on around the dinner table or what goes on online that someone at the age of 18 is filled with such rage that they want to kill people like that? Well, your your listeners, uh, you, you mentioned you are a believer, and I'm a believer, Um we know the biblical story um, in Genesis 1 and 2, there was harmony. There was peace between Adam and Eve. You might say, as someone said, they lived in a just society. There was, there was shalom. There was harmony. And then the fall of man happened. Um, Dr. Schaefer, Francis Schaefer, I'm, I'm sure many in your audience know about Dr. Francis Schaefer. Uh, Once upon a time, I led the Schaefer Institute at Covenant Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, and he would say, we're all glorious ruins. Uh, We're all able to do glorious, wonderful, honorable things. And on the same token, we're also able to do um, gory, ruinous things. Uh, Think about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We all have that type of psyche. And so this young man, apparently, we talk about Muslims being radicalized. He was radicalized. And, and I, I would say this. Um, we all go through socialization uh, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. And, and we need to ask the question, did, did mom and dad notice something? <laughs> How well do they know their son? It it doesn't matter if um, mom and dad are janitors or the president of of the United States. We all go through some degree of socialization. And we need to ask the question, what what are we doing as parents? Again, your your listeners understand Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, that parents are called to be... Uh, the, our kids' first representative of who God is like. Mm-hmm. It, it's our role to cultivate virtue into our kids. And the church comes along with that mandate, but the responsibility falls in the lap of mom and dad. And so I, I, I don't know his parents. I, I just asked the question, did they not notice something about their son? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it brings to mind the fact that, I mean, I have two kids, John has two kids. I mean, it's been a, you know, a long, long fight to have, to make sure that my kids were discipled by my husband and I and the church as opposed to their culture. Um, now, it's not that their culture doesn't disciple them because we're all discipled by culture. Um, but exactly. it's just it's a matter of degree or a matter of maybe uh, prominence or authority or I don't know what it is. I'm just it, it's just it's a constant battle. And so when I see a situation like this, I think to myself, you know, the power of the messages that come at us on our phones 24 hours a day, if we let them, are overwhelming to me. I'm a mature person who has, you know, lived a life that includes, uh, you know, wonderful parents and a wonderful husband and, uh, you know, every advantage that you can imagine. And I still fight against it every, I mean, Every single day, a pull of culture. It, it is. It's just what it is. So, I mean, that's not an excuse. I guess I'm just stating the obvious that we're all we're all in this culture. But, Luke, I guess my I, my question for you is that I hear you talk, and I appreciate what you're saying about you know people of color don't see this as an isolated event. Um, they see that you see this as you know this is a long chain of events that started hundreds of years ago, and um, my heart is particularly raw for the fact that those of us in the church, you said you believe in Jesus, John as well, I do, um, that we have such a hard time talking about issues that involve our different cultures. And if I hear critical race theory, that term one more time, I'm going to lose my mind um, because it's just another way that we're going to separate ourselves from one another, especially in the church, and I just can't stand it. Um, so maybe comment, Luke, on how you feel like we're doing talking. I don't mean the three of us. I mean our larger church culture. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, if I could just comment on what you said about um, parents and their responsibility, Um it's, it's also the role of the community. Um, I know this sounds cheesy, and we hear it too often, but you hear this phrase, it takes a village to raise a kid. And so I, I would also ask the question, this young man's coaches or teachers, did they not notice something? Mm-hmm. And um, we, we cannot remain silent when we see something that's peculiar. And I just wonder how many people along the way, uh, coaches, teachers, parents, next door neighbors, did they not see something that tipped them off that they should have said something earlier? So to your question, um, Kathy, um, and this is a shameless plug for uh, the organization I work for, Arabom. We help um, blacks and whites talk about race. And, and I, I will say we, we dare not dismiss the notion that this is also demonic. This, we're, we're, this is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in critical race theory, most African-Americans know that that's not a worldview. <laughs> But yet I think Satan has thrown it out as a decoy and has wrapped us around this axle that we get 
all up in arms when we hear the three words, critical race theory. I was taught in seminary that all truth is God's truth. I can learn things from critical race theory. Seminary also taught me how to think. But I believe the church should do a better job at helping believers be discerning. So we become more well-rounded and able to communicate with others when we read broadly. I think we we stick to our, our cocoons. You've heard the expression uh, echo chamber. Mm-hmm. When we stay with our echo chambers, we we are re- our thoughts, our beliefs are reinforced. So we, if we are asked to go beyond our echo chambers, we get nervous and get scared, we're fearful. But as Christians, God calls us to engage. God calls us to leave the comfort of our echo chambers, our tribes, and engage with people across racial differences and economic differences and political differences, because our Savior did it. (laughs) Our Savior did it. Paul did it. Mm -hmm. Your audience knows that in Revelation chapter 21, it says that God is going to allow the cultures, the nations to bring in their their things that are honorable, their glory. So if, if God is going to allow glories of our different cultures to come into the kingdom and the new heavens and new earth, why, why are we as Christians today so fearful about engaging with others who hold to different cultural norms, cultural preferences? Why, why is that the case? I was taught in seminary that we are to live life in the present from the end of the story. We know how the end of the story ends. That should inform how we live today. We will not get it right 100%. It's, it's proximate in this present moment. But God calls us to make it, as the Lord Jesus said, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to make what's true of heaven true on earth. That's Luke Bobo. He's the author of Living Salty and Light-Filled Lives in the Workplace. Luke, talk to us about this organization that you're involved with now. Yeah, Arabon is... How do you spell uh, that? It's A-R-R-C-O-N, A-R-R-A-D-O-N. Okay. It's not the... I think there's a a fragrant... Right, uh, exactly. It's, it's not the same It's not word. that. That's <laughs> not that word. So Arabon simply means... It's a, it's a Greek word meaning deposit or foretaste. We use it this way. Um, the Christian, the Christian's experience of the Spirit now, being filled by the Spirit, should be a foretaste of what's going to be true at the end of history when we live in the New Kingdom. So, Arabon, our problem statement, the, the problem we are, we have been organized, established to address, is the racial brokenness in the U.S. church. So we exist to address the problem of racial brokenness 
in the U.S. church. And so we are an organization, spiritual formation ministry, that equips and inspires the U.S. church to pursue racial healing in their communities. So we have assortment an assortment of trainings that we actually do with predominantly white churches to help them to get over the hump, this obstacle of engaging with those who have uh, a darker skin color. And it is a big hump, is it not? <laughs> and it shouldn't be. I, I remember one of my good friends said it this way. Race is a problem. Be a problem. Think about the Imago Day. Every person we meet, back to Genesis 1 and 2, every person we meet, Johnny Kathy, is made in God's image. Mm-hmm. Th- that should get us over the hump <laughs> as, as believers. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's family. That's good. Luke, uh, we thank you for your time and for the ministry, which we did not know of before you joined us on the air, and for your honest thoughts of where we are in America here right now, but especially for the fuller story of what lies ahead in eternity. So thank you so much, Luke. We really appreciate you being with us here today. Thank you, John and Kathy. Our pleasure. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget, unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products lock in your quote today schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com you've tried the rest now try the best windowsarustpittsburgh.com I'm Steve Williams from AccuWeather. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap will over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more, all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash temp. NetSuite.com slash T-E-M-P. Our biblical beliefs about marriage, human sexuality, and gender are increasingly countercultural. In fact, our views are often considered offensive and infringing on personal freedom. Sometimes this makes Christians look like the bad guys. How should we respond? Request your copy of the book, Being the Bad Guys, available today at truthforlife.org. 
ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hey, ready to go? I sure am. My sleep has been great ever since I started treatment for sleep apnea. Well, nearly 30 million adults have it, including me. Now, let me guess. It was your snoring that gave it away? Mm. Oh, yes, it was. Intense snoring is one of the classic signs. Other signs include gasping for breath during sleep and daytime sleepiness. If untreated, the risk of heart disease and stroke increases. I didn't know that, but I'm glad to hear the treatment can help. Certainly can. To learn more about the warning signs, visit DefendSleep.com. Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a brief shower. We'll see a nighttime low of 61. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow with a brief shower or two. Tomorrow's high, 76. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night. A shower in spots early in the evening. Then patchy fog late with a low of 58. Delightful Thursday with some sunshine. We'll reach a high Thursday of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Sense. Does what make sense? The bike lanes in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Why are they random? I don't... No, they're not random. Yeah, they are. I don't understand why. Like, there'll be a bike... Like, you're on Penn Avenue in the Strip, right? Spontaneously, there's a bike lane there. Okay. We're going into town. Except that once you get into town... It like disappears. So where do those people go? Why? Why did so? If there's no bike lane there, why was there one two right. blocks back on Penn Avenue? Okay, so I've been a biker all my life. Mm-hmm. I have a very complex relationship with the bike lanes. Okay, but I was with a friend on Sunday who is a very serious biker. All right, who has traveled from Pittsburgh to DC. Yeah, several times, and she was describing from where she lives. And how quickly she gets on a bike lane, which takes her to another little tributary, to another little tributary, to another little bike lane tributary that puts her on the trails. Got it. And it kind of was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, oh, I see. So they built like, you know, incremental steps instead of having a bike lane that goes all over the city. Of course, that'd be crazy, even though it does feel like that to you. I saw her perspective of the value of the bike lanes that protects her until she gets on the trail. So it makes sense to me. And I know it's a, a you know, it's easy to mock cuz they are they do look crazy, but I'm telling you they keep bicyclists safe. So it does make sense to me. Cuz it's dangerous out there. Are you telling me John I don't know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, from a you know, you see them and you kind of go mm-hmm. it does it seems willy-nilly to me. And I get that. Do you say are you saying any more education? Maybe a little. All right. Well, for now, I'm going to hear what you say, and I'm still going to say they don't make sense, but I'm going to keep an open mind. Okay. So I'll, I'll see your bike lane and raise you what doesn't make sense to me is a moped. A moped? I was in the four pit tunnels today, and I'm going 55 plus, and I come up on literally a guy in a moped. And he's going full bore, I'm sure, at 50 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, what are you doing with a moped on the parkway? But there he was, and he had a helmet on. Did he, he look terrified? No, he looked like he was going to work. <laughs> oh, and this is a Bermuda. 
He had a moped. And you see people, you know, look, you see guys on little bikes, little motorcycles, and, of course, the hogs and everything in between. The bigger the bike, the better, the more safety, because it's dangerous out there, whether you're riding a bicycle, a moped, or a motorcycle. So a moped on the highway doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm with you on that. Be careful out there, you guys. You took me to task on the bike lane. Sorry. 101.5 WORD. If you're a Christian, how does your identity in Christ change the way you navigate relationships, both with believers and non-believers, and help you make everyday decisions that honor God? Consider that as John MacArthur helps you avoid the pitfalls of Christian liberty. That's the title of his series this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing It Right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention Johnny Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. I love seeing the transformation of a smile. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock, voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life for a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day meditation? Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Robinson Township Christian School. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. There's a stigma. There's a stigma towards people who live with their parents. Wouldn't you say? We talked about this Probably on air. written by some guy who lives in his parents' basement. You, you've heard that. Right. I and mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I went to the phones, and people offered really varied and interesting perspectives on adult children that live with them. Right. And our question had to do with, if you have adult children... How, what's your, what are your financial parameters with them? Right. But 
our conversations with listeners went in a completely different direction. And we had several people calling to not talk about that as much as how they didn't want to be living with their parents, had to for different reasons, and then they were so glad that they were. Yeah. It opened our eyes, quite right. honestly. It changed the perspective. Well, Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen's been a regular guest on our show throughout the years. She is a um, research professor of English and Christianity and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the author of multiple books. I'm sure we'll talk about that during the conversation. But she wrote a piece that was picked up by a religion news service, Living with Your Parents Intentionally Can Be Life-Giving. Karen, friend, how are you? I'm good. It's good to be back with you guys. It's been a while. Yes. It sure has. Uh, but Karen, before we go any further, I have to thank you. You sent us two beautiful books. Again. Your, your latest commentaries on Tess and The Scarlet Letter. And I believe Tess is one of your favorite books ever. Am I right? You are right. Tess of the Durbervilles is one of my top three or four mm. books of all time. So it was a real joy to to present a new volume for readers. Well, thank you so much for thinking of us. And they are so beautiful. So like John said, let's just push that off to the side and talk about that whole collection at the end of our time together. But first of all, I want to hear about your mom and dad. So you've been close with your mom and dad since you were little. Did you have a time when you weren't and now you are again? What's that relationship been like? Well, actually, I mean, I, I love my mom and dad. We've always had a good relationship, but I haven't lived, hadn't lived near them since I was 18 years old and left for college, and they moved to another part of the country. And so for decades, uh, they lived very far away. And then um, about 11 years ago, uh, when they were trying to figure out where they were going to land for their final years, we decided um, to bring them here to our place and uh, build them a small home on our property. And so we have been um, neighbors <laughs> on the same same land uh, right outside my door for the past decade or so. And it's just been a wonderful blessing. Fabulous. Okay, so in your piece... Living with your parents intentionally can be life-giving. You talk to any number of couples, families, who are doing essentially the same thing you are doing, Karen, in many ways. Was was it surprising for you when you spoke to people about how well this worked? Because it seems from your writing, things tend to work pretty good, which runs counter to the narrative that it would be a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just as you guys suggested in your opening, when we think about, you know, adult kids living with their parents, we think of them, you know, living in the basement and never having launched, so to speak. But what happened to inspire this article is that um, a close friend of mine uh, was moving into a new home that she and her parents had custom built. My friend is, is single, never married, doesn't have any kids, and they made a similar decision as, as um, my parents and I made. And so I sent out a tweet just kind of celebrating my friend for uh, moving into this new home with her parents and making this, this decision. And I got such a response to that tweet. Um, people were really encouraged by it. And so I just thought I would write an article. And so, of course, I ended up doing more research on, on this phenomenon that it's not just, you know, kids who – you know, never, never left for college or after college, but multi-generational homes were once much more common in America. And of mm-hmm. course, they're common worldwide. And now, um, I, you know, I think it's, a, it's an option that more and more um, people can and should look at. And mm-hmm. some because of the pandemic, but I think even beyond that, um, we can think about kind of pooling our resources and our lives together in this way. Yeah. I mean, Karen, here in Pittsburgh, which, you know, uh, you know, Milhunk, 
way back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, it was common. I remember being a boy, you know, in the 60s and 70s and going into my friends' homes. You know, Baba, Grandma and Grandpa lived there. Mom and Dad did as well. Oftentimes, you know, first married couples, there'd be three, four, sometimes five generations under one roof. Uh, that sort of took a little stigma, maybe like in the end of the 70s and the 80s, people's kind of, you know, went their own separate ways. But now it feels as though people, for various reasons, are coming back home again. And that, I think, is a positive thing, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, just think about, you know, I mean, we've, we've lived a few decades of, of people just being spread out all over the country, and that removes, you know, grandchildren and grandparents and adult children from, from parents. And it's very, it's very hard. Um, and I mean, there are lots of reasons for that. And sometimes it's inevitable, but I think a lot of people just don't look at it as a deliberate conscious choice um, to come back together again and be together. Sure. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Karen is the author of On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature. Um, Karen, let's talk about um, what are the, what the factors are that are encouraging people to make this choice. What did you find out? Well, one of the people who responded to my tweet and that I wrote about a little bit in in the article is someone who was a widow. And uh, when the pandemic hit and and the lockdown came, she just made the decision with her daughter and son-in-law to move in with them for that time during the lockdown so she could be near them and and her young grandchildren. Uh, And it worked so well that as the lockdown ended and the pandemic seems to possibly hopefully be over, um, they just decided as a family that they would maintain that situation because everyone has benefited from it so much. So mm-hmm. you know, it could be something that we do temporarily because of a need that arises, um, but it doesn't have to be temporary. And I think that's what, what people are, are looking at. Um, and, you know, there are lots of lots of factors to consider, lots of, you know, questions that should be asked ahead of time and maybe parameters set uh, and so forth. Um in my situation with my parents, we really didn't didn't have any boundaries or lines we needed to draw. I guess we just sort of have the same kinds of of, of values and, and and boundaries, and it's just worked so well together to to be close to one another and um, and to help one another. I mean, I've been hospitalized in the in the past few years. Both of my parents have, and we've all been able to kind of pull in and tag team um, in in those moments and and just help care share and carry one another's burdens. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a weird dichotomy, and I guess probably especially here in the West, and that there is, you know, oftentimes the so-called loneliness epidemic, right, where people move out of their homes and then there they are in a studio apartment or a one-bedroom apartment with very few friends or resources while family is there, you know, maybe in another city. I, I wonder, you know, thinking and reading about this, Karen, is there a faith perspective about this that would drive this? I mean, you know, you wrote the piece for Religion News Service. Are, are Christians somehow more engaged in this than a general population? Did that come up? You know, I didn't find that in my research, and that really would be a good question to ask. I think that, you know, we are just in a culture that is very um, individualistic and very work and career dri- dri- driven. So a lot of these decisions get made because people go where the jobs are, and often those jobs are in places that are, are so expensive that they're small or they have to, um, you know, just make a lot, a lot of other kinds of sacrifices that keep keep family members apart. Um, and I think we should question those things. Um, and we should, you know, we can 
make some decisions that, that put other priorities first. And maybe that is one of the blessings of the pandemic. A lot of people have, have seen that, that some of their, if not all of their jobs can be done remotely. Um, that allows people more choices in where they live. Um, and so this might be one of the, the blessings that we end this era with is, is, is making decisions that have that are based less on what our actual jobs are and, and more on how we can do our jobs and balance with other kinds of interests like family. Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. She's co-editor of Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues, which is a really terrific book. She's contributed to numerous other books and has written a whole bunch of her own, which we'll talk about. Um, Karen, I want to switch topic for just a minute and um, ask you about the uh, cataclysm of last Monday night when you might have been on Twitter like I was and all of a sudden started seeing tweets about this leaked Supreme Court opinion and thought, well, that can't possibly be. And then after a while, you start thinking, wait, I think it is. Um, So I'm asking you about it because you've been involved in the anti-abortion movement for decades. Um, And now in this era of social media and, of course, all the rancor in Washington, this is, well, this whole story is really jacked up. Um, So give us your feelings on it and your thoughts after we've, you know, known it's been going on for more than a week. Yeah, well, of course, it's still just a leak. The court has not issued a decision, and and even just having such a a breach of trust with that leak is certainly a great concern. It it, it kind of feels like an attack on democracy, um, which is frightening in itself. And so even though I've worked for all of these years in in hopes of seeing Roe versus Wade overturned, which, of course, is really just one one step um, in addressing abortion because it doesn't automatically – um, outlawed or do anything like that. It just simply um, overturns a, a constitutional right um, to abortion and leaves us all to, to grapple with it at the state level and and um, and then hopefully again, you know, more at, at a national level if we can become more life affirming. Um, so it's a lo- it's a lot of news to take in, and mm-hmm. it's not just the decision itself, but it's kind of where we are as a country. We're so polarized and fractured. Um, I don't know that we can really find. Um, unity uh, around this issue. Um, certainly, we it's been divisive for a long time, um, but it, it's really big news, but it's hard to know what to do with it because it's still not even officially sure. news yet, and these strange times. Yeah, and when the uh, opinions are released, I mean, you know, someone could have leaked it knowing that the opinion of the court is currently, as we're speaking, different than it was in February. Um, And so it could be another cataclysm uh, when the actual opinion is read. Um, Let's talk just before you leave us, Karen, just about the conversation online about it. I mean, this has been a poisonous issue since the very beginning. Uh, It's not changing now. Um, And so I know that you've been subject to a bunch of really bizarre accusations about not what you're not pro-life enough or, you know, a pro-life person looks, he has to check these appropriate boxes. I mean, it's just so nutty. Um, How are you responding to that? And talk about, you know, the boxes that people feel like you have to check. Yeah, it's, it's actually, um, it, it, it it takes away from what I, you know, I wish had been a more celebratory and happy moment because we're, we're fighting one another um even just within the pro-life movement and uh, and and you know that's a that's a picture of, of of a larger thing that's going on in the church and so we're going through this time where we really are um divided even among who you know on who our friends are and who our enemies are and and so i really 
you know, my approach is to try to find as much common ground as we can and to engage as much dialogue as we can and understand one another as much as we can. But there are people who are really, um, you know, have different priorities in mind. And so that's another division we face. And it's, it's, it's very painful. Um, but I just want to be faithful and, and yeah. get through it and, you know, inspire others to, too, because I, this is a bad time in our nation. And I just I hope it will pass and we can be part of helping it to pass. Good for you. Being faithful. That's what we all need to be, you know, not not trying to please some sort of, you know, Twitter faction or make the other pro-life people like us or whatever. It, I mean, just being faithful to what you've been called to do, Karen, which I know you've done for a long time. Um, I appreciate the fact that you put it that way. Right, and yeah. I heartily second that. Yeah. Hey, Karen. So there you are. You're a college professor. Uh, your term is over. The school year is over. You've got a little downtime right now. Uh, it must seem kind of weird. Uh, how do you keep yourself occupied? <laughs> well, it doesn't feel like downtime. I've, I've got a book due in, in, uh, at the end of the summer. I've been working on it for the past year. And, um, yeah, so so hopefully I'll be on, you know, in the next year or so talking about the new book. Fabulous. <laughs> and what's the subject, Karen? Uh, the subject is the social imaginary of the evangelical movement for its past like 300 years as seen through art culture literature and um yeah and our everyday lives that we don't wow that's a, that's an ambitious subject that's some heavy lifting very mm. i might be have been too ambitious so send up a prayer for me are the dogs helping in any way karen uh they're keeping me entertained and, okay. and uh you know yeah they like to get in the way too <laughs> excellent okay just talk about your commentary series on literature karen before you leave us yeah, the the, two, the the series is done with the release of the last two volumes, Tess of the Berbervilles and The Scarlet Letter. Uh, we also have um, Frankenstein, Sense and Sensibility, Heart of Darkness, and Jane Eyre. And these are all beautiful hard cloth volumes that have introductions by me and light annotations for hard words or archaic terms and lots of discussion questions. So you can pick up one of these books and treat it like um, taking a class with me by yourself or with a book club. Listen, this would make such a beautiful gift mm. for anyone who loves those books. So well done. These are so, it's a lovely binding. It's a beautiful typeface. Everything about it, just first class. Mm -hmm. And of course, the content you can't beat. Karen, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having Always me. Always good to have Take you. Care. Always good. Karen Swallow Pryor, you can find her easily online. She is a, a writer extraordinaire and, and uh, in Twitter. many different places. Yeah, Twitter's an excellent place where she posts regularly. Karen Swallow Pryor, research professor of English and Christianity, Culture, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. 
Here you go. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. When your ride fires on all cylinders, so do you. That's why Napa is on a mission to keep you in motion. With nearly 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores and over 17,000 Napa Auto Care centers, the Napa Network has everything you need to get up and go. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Probably a good time to talk about pizza. Plus, there was a great article in the PG this week by Hal Klein about the best pizzerias in Pittsburgh. And um, I have to tell you, most of these I've never been to, and um, a couple of them I've never even heard of. Can I was I tell excited you? to hear about these because you don't know about them. You want to go taste them. Rockaway Pizzeria in White Oak was yeah. opened in 2017. Uh, I've never been there. Would love to. Christy knows it. Yeah, it's good. Okay. You you approve? I do approve. Driftwood Oven, um, which is uh, owned by uh, Neil Blazon and uh, was opened by Justin Vetter. Um, Lawrenceville. Never yeah. been there either, but would love to go. Batamos, which I've been oh, yeah, to, sure. which is on Federal Street Batamos. in the north side. Uh, Mercurio's, which I've been to, which is in Shadyside. Um, let's see what's next. Pizza Lupo. Where's that? Do we know anything about no, that? No, I know nothing. Um, it's owned and run by brothers Brad and Travis Wolf, both city of Pittsburgh firefighters. Nice. Um, I don't think firefighters would know pizza. I like that a lot. Oh, the old Lawrenceville Bakery. Okay, I've never heard of pizza. Uh, pizza House, a.k.a. the Police Station Pizza, which is um, next to the former Ambridge Police Station. Della Terra Italian Bistro, which is in Zelianople. Mm. Um, that's the place I've been wanting to go for a while. Zealand. Anthony's Italiano, which is in uh, Denora. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gus Franco's Pizza, uh, Lower Burl. Wood fired by Lorelei, 
Do you know this? No, I don't. Uh, that's Highland Avenue. Oh, and he's Liberty. I guess so. Oh, we're done. Well, are okay. we, Aiello's is there. There's a lot of pizza places we don't know about, right? That's it. Aiello's, which is a Murray Avenue in Squirrel Hill. Go get some good pizza tonight, friend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. A new bill funding 87,000 new IRS agents has passed the Senate. Afterward, Senator Ben Cardin of Maryland insisted Americans have no reason to be concerned as long as they pay their taxes. Nonsense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.